Welcome to the latest installment of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burroughs, Todd from PA. And I'll be joined today by Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo. We are going to be talking about FFPC today. Uh, his site has the best information on the planet as it relates to the FFPC per dollar. And we'll go into all that with you in a little bit. But more than that, we're going to take advantage of these fancy tools that you have uh, on YouTube. And we are going to go through and show you uh, what is behind the paywall at fantasymojo.com so you can see what everything's about. While we're doing that, we're also going to be talking about um, the Football Guys contest, which are about two weeks old now. And we'll go through some of the ADP post-draft and give you guys some knowledge. And that is what we're going to do today. So, Darren, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Todd. It's good to, good to talk to you again. It's been... I, it's our first time doing it uh, where we actually have to look at each other. Yeah, it's very exciting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's that was treat, my that's thought. a treat for you and me and everyone. This is This is tremendous. <laughs> yep. And then after this is over, I am going to join Billy Musio and Bradley Stalder on their podcast. Um, so you can check my feed for that. I um, Let me find that. If you check, I, I've only sent out a couple emails. They're, they're the um, FF analysts over there. F, so. FF analysts. Yep. Right. And... Uh, I'm sure Billy will be tweeting it right before they go live. I will retweet it, but you can join me there. So what I'm going to do, Darren, is I am going to share my screen so people can see what you do with your site. We're going to take them behind the curtain. It's very exciting. Behind the curtain. You can get, you can get lost back there. There's just, it's 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 twelve months of content. As they FFPC, say, as they say, it's around. curtains for you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, can you tell me because I'm not seeing it anymore? Are we looking at your site? Is it big enough, et cetera? Uh, you could maximize it, but it's up. Maximize it. I could go full screen. You mean? Yeah. I like to go back and forth. It's pretty close to full screen. What I can do. Oh, that's good enough. Like, uh, I mean, I can see it. So I think you're good. Yep. All right. So I'm going to do one last thing here. System preferences. What do you call that bar on the bottom again? You're running with an apple. You got like a. Yep. Yep, I'm Mac. I do. There you go. You got a little more real estate now. There we go. Good. How's that? Yeah, that's good. All right. So um, you go to the home, and you're brought to the FFPC data warehouse. And, you know, once you log in, there is a few different things. So there's the 2021 FFPC draft boards and ADP. Let's click into that. Yeah, this is where probably 90% of the people will go when they come on the site. So on the front page, you have the most frequently accessed 
uh, items. There's there's a menuing system that gets you. There's a complete archive of FFPC data going back to uh, 2010. But this is this is what most people are interested in right now. It, this will give you ADP for all every permutation, every contest that they have, and then the draft boards. Um, of every ongoing draft as well. Right. It's, so you, it's, let's it's, go the last five days with best ball mm -hmm. and show everyone. So basically uh, it's color coded by position. Wondered what that was. Yeah. And you can drill into the player, uh, the draft scattergrams, I call them. You can see, you know, it's plotted every, you know, spot that a person was drafted. Oh, over the let's of go the down. Let's go down a little bit. So, like, yeah, if you wanted to, if you have some variants. Oh, this, I didn't even know this was here. So, let's look at Ramondre Stevenson because he's a guy who, once he got drafted, um, you, you you'll notice over here. Can you see me moving my mouse? Yeah. All right. So you'll notice that he's started going lower and lower post draft. Right. Right. So, right, right. When you hit NFL draft weekend, uh, like it was it April twenty ninth. Um, then all of the, uh, the, the data points got lower. So, but you can do that for any player. Um, it's not as interesting for like guys in the first round because they tend to be all sort of clustered together, but you know, somebody like I, I, I tweeted out, uh, like Jarek McKinnon, um, earlier this week because he was being drafted you know, sort of frequently, and then he wasn't drafted for a month, and then after he got signed by the Chiefs, then it picked up again. And you can it gives you a visualization of, of what's going on with the player. Believe it like, or not, I didn't even see that Jarek McKinnon signed with the Chiefs. When did that happen? Uh, God, like two, three weeks ago. Oh my gosh! It was very, it was very quiet. I told and, you I was out of it a little bit. Yeah, well, it's tough. It's, it's, it was, a, it was a very quiet signing. Um. But he's getting drafted like every football guy's draft now. Um, well, um, you know that elusive, that elusive uh, Kansas City running back. Everyone is hoping to recreate um, Williams from a couple years ago. Which Williams? Oh God, I drafted the hell out of him, and he opted Damian. out last year. Damian, Damian yeah. Williams. Right. Um, I'm not drafting him in Chicago. Uh, you know, between him, Montgomery, and um, Tariq Cohen, I, I just don't have a lot of interest there. Yeah, I mean, it's a best ball play, and you're doing it probably. It, it's a, it's, it's not somebody you would target every draft, but you know, if you want some exposure, and you can, he's the type of guy. It's like him and, and the guys in the San Francisco backfield, right? Like you don't know who's going to emerge, but you, you like to have a few pieces of it. Um, if you're doing volumes of drafts, yeah. The thing, the, the thing about McKinnon is that he also has the injury history. Um, I know he played all last year, but he was in a pretty damn good offense last year, and he didn't do too much. Um, yeah, but that was the confusing San Fran backfield. So that was. It, um, I, I, I get it. I get it. I I, I think that Ceh has actually ended up at a. Well, we'll get to that. Let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But it is coded by uh, position, and it is coded by. Um, 
So you can sort by the player, by overall. Yeah. And I this year I added like a rookie label to it. So a lot of people are interested in, they just want to zero in, you know, where are the rookies going? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's helpful, um, especially in the rookie dress. Like, I, I'm telling you, if you're doing FFPC rookie dress and you didn't have my site, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're, I, I didn't do you any justice, Darren. Um, the first thing we should talk about is the price of your site. Um, I, I mean, it's ridiculously low price for everything that we're giving out here. Uh, why don't you tell? Oh, and also, you know, we're talking so much about the FFPC today. I almost didn't mention my friends at the FFPC for, you know, um, just everything that they do for us. Um, I know that the, the, the I, I am doing the uh, best ball and a couple FBGs. I'm in the 250 Pro versus Joe's. If you want to get into any of those leagues with me, go to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com, and you can take advantage of all the information that's on Darren's site. Uh, Mojo, what is the price? Sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah, it's uh, it's twenty four ninety five this year. It, it's it's I, it's been pretty reasonably priced. I'm given the the market that I serve. I mean, I could probably charge a hundred bucks for this, and people would pay it. Um, but I'm trying to like just make it available to as many people. Um, as possible and you know not everybody is playing main events in, in football guys you got a lot of guys out there playing low dollar the five dollars just the 35 so which is nice that, it- that the ffpc added the five dollars this year and they did it with the um with the slims which mm-hmm. i think was the right thing to do because uh the slims weren't getting the action necessarily uh but by making it the $5 contest, it's now got its own niche. I bet it, they're doing a lot better now. Well, they're doing a good volume. Um, and I have a page where you can – I actually put the $5 leagues off on a separate page. Um, you don't have to go there, but because the volume well, we is will. so high. Well, let's just and, go uh, through this a little bit. So the yeah. number of leagues drafted, um, the minimum draft position – let's go back to overall – um, minimum draft position, average draft position, maximum draft position. So basically what that means, let's go down a little bit. So DJ Moore, the earliest he went was 45th. The latest he went was 64th, but his average ADP is 53. What that does, Darren, if you want DJ Moore and you want to really make sure, you, you know, let's say you have plans on taking Sam Darnold late, and you're looking for a DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold stack. If you really want, you know, want DJ Moore, and you're at say, you know, the the 45th spot is right near the end of round four. You know, if you want to wait for him to come back to you, he might not be there. So this information really gives you a good idea of when to take players. Correct. Yeah, it's going to tell you, um, you know, what if you if you really want to be sure you want to get somebody, this will tell you the earliest that the guy's been selected, and you can be reasonably sure that that's you know if you hit the low end of that range, you have a good chance of getting him. And if you if if you wanted to see it like even in more detail, you could click on the player's name and again see you know see a plotted out. But uh, it's um, it, it's pretty helpful just to know 
where to expect people will, you know, draft the guy. Obviously, that's what ADP is all about. Yep. All right. So I let's go back to here. So there's best ball. There's the best ball slim. There's super flex best ball. Uh, super fall. Super flex best ball slim. Classic redraft. Uh, Dynasty, Dynasty Triflex. How are the new Dynasty Triflexes doing? They're feeling, uh, they're, they're very popular. I, I think they actually fill more Triflex uh, Dynasty Leagues than, this, than the uh, traditional Dynasty Leagues right now. I mean, it's newer. It's the shiny new toy, but they're doing very well. Well, and, and I think that most guys, you know, like our buddy Austin Martin, you know, he's in so many of the regular, but he might Say, hey, I want to try the new format. I'm not going to join any new dynasty leagues because I'm in a trillion of them. But, you know, hey, like you said, the shiny new toy. Um, I, I think that was another really nice addition to the FFPC portfolio this year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really popular. And um, there's no kickers in that uh, format. And uh, so they're, they're appealing to a different audience as well. So you, you've got... You know, it's a it's a more traditional underdog, you know, it, it, you know, where you have three wide receivers uh, versus the two in FFPC. It does have tight end premium, though, correct? Yeah. Yep. Um, there's an extra wide receiver, and uh, so it it kind of leans more towards like a traditional PPR uh, setup, you know, tight end premium, but it's it's um. If, if you think you're more adept with uh, having an extra required wide receiver, then that, that appeals to people. Yeah. And so. so if you get into a, let's say a super flex for the first time, you click in here and you know, you see Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, all in the top eight picks. But if you go to just a regular, uh rookie draft let's go to, oh that's a super flex two dynasty rookie draft you go to a regular dynasty league you see you don't see the first uh quarterback until number 12 um right and you're looking at the rookie draft right there you're not looking at the dynasty startup so we have it's it's all permutations you've got your startup dynasty drafts and this is a startup or not this is a dynasty uh rookie draft Correct. So this is Correct. this is just based on seven rounds. Yep, but again, it gives you it just shows you the the difference in superflex. So if you wanted to do a superflex draft, you know you could see uh, the difference in where the quarterbacks go. I will um, something another, I, I well. like to do, Darren, is I like to when I'm drafting. So let's go to uh, where's a dynasty startup? Is that is this startup? Yeah, that's it. So, you know, this again, you might not, you know, you might do one new dynasty league a year if you're a dynasty guy, um, and so this really gives you when everyone goes and when you can hope to get a guy. So a lot and of that, good stuff here. And another all thing. For, you should- Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Another thing you, you might want to see there's a draft board format underneath the uh, the link you just clicked. Oh, there you go. So there, a, a lot of people requested that we 
provide the ADP in the context of a draft board. So my, my hesitation with doing that is, and you'll see other people who have these ADP draft boards, what, you know, it, the, the, the ADP is pretty, pretty tight, like for maybe the first 10, 12 rounds. But as you get later in the draft, those later rounds, you don't have, you have more than one player fitting into an ADP slot because it, the, the player selection skews as you get towards the end of the draft. You might have 50 players that go in the last two rounds. How do you fit that into a draft board that's, you know, 24 players for those last two rounds? So what I actually do in these, in the later rounds, is I'll have multiple players in those slots. Yeah, I like, like how I, you did that. I solved that problem. And I, I never I never provided the draft board ADP until I was able to, um, you know, solve that issue. So people, this has been well received. And because people will draft right off of these. They'll print them out and they'll draft off of these. So Yeah. Um... One of my favorite stacks lately, you go for Miko, and then you put Pringle in the last round. Yeah, you can definitely. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty damn sneaky. You can it, do that at will. I don't, you know, I just don't. Know I mean, I, I like that not. more than taking Jarek McKinnon in the twentieth. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you do enough drafts, you kind of you, you mix up your. Uh, your uh, your candidate stacks there um, because yep. to hit stacks on the early round players is very difficult. Consistently. So what you can do also on this site is if you want to look what won a league last year, you can look at the 220 master ADP index, 2020 draft boards, league prize winners. League prize winners is, is really cool. So what that is, it's basically – Anybody who won a prize at FFPC is going to be listed in this. So you click on the type of draft and, you know, anybody, it lists the team that won, um, what the prize was. And you can link to the draft boards to see like, okay, this guy won his league. You know, what did he do? You know, you can see his roster. You can see like the draft board itself that he was in. Um, and I, I tend to do this more in uh, like the main event and, and the football guy drafts. The, the top yep. finishers. Well, look. Let's look at our friend Dan. Uh, Dan Williamson won this league, a thirty-five dollar best ball, and you can go to the draft board and you can see that the Shiva, who was um, some good players that were in this, uh, Wheeler was in this, uh, a few other people. Mongoose is pretty uh, popular. He went AJ Brown in the first, Kittle in the second, and still won. James sure. Connor in the third. How the hell did he win this? Drake well, in the oh, this must have been early. He must have hit. He must have hit uh, later rounds with. Uh, yep. Swift, oh, we got Jonathan Taylor in the sixth. Swift in the fifth. Uh, let's see. Um, Cooks in the tenth. Deontay in the twelfth. This must have been a very early draft. So he was hitting. He was hitting the rookies, right? And that was like I, I've kind of preached that that's a good thing to do in early best ball drafts before the draft is. Just just pound the rookies, and that has a very high success rate um, of yeah. doing that. I, I did a lot of that in uh, my early drafts. Um, now, you also have, but it is kind of amazing with Kittle being hurt, Connor being hurt and stinking. I mean, this, this obviously was early in the process because Kenyon Drake wasn't going in the fourth round um, once he signed with Arizona. 
Uh, well, uh, when he re-signed with Arizona, if you remember. Right. Um, yeah, so, but that, that just, that goes to show you, like, how much, uh, you know, leverage you can get by hitting on a late-round rookie. You know, what that can compensate for. Correct. So... But I mean, you you could spend a whole afternoon just like going through it. it. It's it's like that's why I call it the data warehouse. You you could just spend all day like sifting through the draft boards. And this is this is just last year. I got this stuff back to like 2010. If you want to get nostalgic, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> I'd like to actually go back to when I had a good year. Um, which, <laughs> it goes in cycles. Well, you know, <laughs> the last two years with the divorce were not good years. Um, I okay, so there's more than one page here. Yeah, so uh, it, there's tons of these classic leagues. Um, you, you may be looking for some, but something very specific usually when you you get into these. But the other cool thing is like if you sort by team name, um, like you can pick up on like if if there's notable players. You know, you can kind of pick up on what their draft strategies are by, you know, you could go in here, let me sort on the team name, you know, look for all the leagues that like Mongooses is probably going to be listed in there quite a few times. And, you know, a lot of players will tend to have a similar approach to, to you know, to draft. How they, how they draft. Yeah. Yeah, like this year in all the early drafts, I was taking one stud quarterback um, one stud running back in the first two or three rounds, and then I was taking a, a lot of shots on running back late and really loading up on the other positions. Where now I feel like there's not a lot of really great late guys that I'm interested in. I'm not, I'm less interested in that strategy, and if it works, I and the big thing for me right now here. Let's go back. Yeah, there you go. Let's go back to um, draft boards, April drafts. Let me find a number. No, actually, that's not what I want to do. Let's go here and go to where's the ADP? This is ADP, correct? Right. There's draft boards up top, and you got ADP below it. So you want All to see right. an actual board? Or you Best ball. Let's look at the last five days. So you see um, this big portion of, uh, well. Yeah, you can see how the positions sort of flow. Correct. So I'm, you know, like, okay, just quickly going through this. In the second round, I like Eckler. Aaron Jones is okay. Chubb is okay. Swift is okay. I'm not crazy about Gibson there. Mixon is good there. Uh, Najee is good there. So, I mean, I don't mind coming out of this period here. If you're, you know, picking four to eight, you have a good – where I – you know, Diggs is okay, Adam. I, I don't think there's a huge difference between Diggs and Hopkins and Mixon and Swift – uh, fantasy points by the end of the year, but you go down a few rounds and now you're looking at Mike Davis or Deontay and Higgins. I mean, to me, there's a big difference there. 
Chase Edmonds versus some of these wide receivers. So I'm much more likely lately to want to get my two running backs early and then really load up on the other positions and not hit running back again until the 10th, 11th round. What, what's what been your strategy post-draft? Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, running back has been very top-heavy. Uh, once you get into like – once you get past the 302 pick, then it gets very ambiguous. Like you'll finish with – that's where you get CEH and Miles Sanders. And then it's really – it's just – it's kind of a wasteland for a while. And then once you get like to the eighth, ninth round, then that's where you start to see like Tony Pollard, AJ Dillon. That's a lot of the people doing zero RB or modified zero RB are, you know, they're grabbing one stud and then they wait till like the eighth, ninth round. And then they just pick off like four or five running backs, you know. Right. And that's what I was up. doing early. But the reason I was doing it early, if you look at like Trey Sermon, I was drafting some Trey Sermon in here, and now he's here. Right. Um, if you look at, you know, back to your point on the rookies, Michael Carter, again, right? Now that we know he landed in a good spot, so the time to draft these rookies, these rookie running backs, was earlier. Yep. Uh, and, and you're seeing like Jeffrey Wilson dropping a lot because of, you know, so there are some winners and there's losers. Gainwell didn't end up in a great spot and didn't have great draft capital. So he's actually falling lately. Um, a guy I've been drafting a decent amount of lately when I skip to, you know, if I get two running backs early and, and then I'm not touching them for a while. Um, a guy that I have been taking lately is Rashad Penny. And you're not seeing him really move at all. But Seattle didn't come out of the draft with anyone to challenge him. And it, it seems to me like it's him and Chris Carson. Um, I, I think Rashad yeah. Penny's a good value right now. It's He's been a bit of a secret. And, you know, he's not getting a lot of buzz. But even Chris Carson has been, it's really been really quiet about him too. There's no, there's no excitement about that Seattle backfield. Even it's, though they're going to run the ball all the time. Yeah. It's just not, it's not like the San Francisco, everybody's trying to get a piece of the San Francisco backfield. Right. But there's five guys there. Now over in Seattle, you've got just as a potent as a, a run game, but nobody seems to like get excited about it. You know, on Twitter, you like, you can see the euphoria around certain, you know, uh, positions on teams so san francisco backfield is one of them um and it just that's what people go after they they follow you know they, they're they're what they're following the euphoria um well let's let's look at uh trey sermon again and i want to show you the difference so he's at pick 85 and i think we're in best ball correct uh you'd have to yes. scroll up to the top 85 in best ball now, you go to football guys, and if you want to preach, he's up to 81. I, th I would have thought it would have been a little more even, because. Uh, but look, Michael Carter, 78 in football guys. I shouldn't have gotten out of that. Um, let me have both open. 
Well, you get also keep in mind that the football guy's ADP there is for the entire month of May. So I think Sermon has picked up a little bit of steam. Um, if you went to the scattergram on him, I bet it would be trending, um, you know, higher on that for that football guy. All right, we'll do that in a second. Um, but you know, you look at um, Carter. Carter's 93 in best ball. So it didn't work with Sermon, but it did in. Yeah, that's because the uh, the Jet backfield is a wasteland, right? Well, so there's still but four also guys, sharper but... <laughs> guys trying even hard. Because it's a tournament, people, my point that I was trying to make was because it's a tournament, people reach yeah. a lot more. Right. They're targeting guys. So they're targeting guys and, and they really want them. And so you see Michael Carter at 78 in the football guys. And you see him 93 in best ball. Um, and you can take advantage of that because, you know, when one guy is going up, another guy is going down. So let's like Robbie Anderson is. Uh, Debo's 83 here. Debo's a guy I like, 91 in best ball. Uh, he's not one who's going up. But it's but you will find that it is different in um, the football guys' tournaments. You find a lot more uh, wh what I call like bounty hunting, where yeah. these guys who all draft against each other all the time who want their guy. And, and I, I think that the football guys – you, at times you need to move up, but at times you just need to scoop value too. It depends. You know, everybody has a different approach, but the way I look at it is best ball is like you're playing a game of chess, right? It's, it's a little bit more controlled. You there's the, the moves are, are more well-defined football guys is like a game of dodgeball. You get 12 maniacs in a draft room. They're going for stacks. They're going for like, you know, what can get me, what can get me, you know, 500 K. So exactly. they're trying to that, put, that was my point. Yeah. They're, they're going for specific players. And quite honestly, you know, they don't care what the price is sometimes like, you know, they'll, they'll target somebody and they're going to get them. They, they don't, they're not looking for, you know, a, my, I want my portfolio to be, you know, well distributed. If there's a player they believe in, they're going for that guy in every draft that they can get them. Like if you well, look it, at, it's you look also at like, what, what, what yeah, like well, if you, you look at Michael Thomas, I'm going to bet you dollars to donuts. Michael Thomas is at least six to seven uh, picks higher in the uh, FBGs. Yeah, he went in the first round. He's already gone in the first round multiple times in the football guys. Uh, um, oh, wow. Look, 29th it, overall, but he's gone as high as 10th. That makes no sense to me. Um, but again, it's a very short. It's a very short um, window right now for football guys. Right. Uh, not a lot. Only thirty six drafts. Um, let's see. Joe Mixon's twentieth here, and in best ball, he's twentieth. That's it. That, am I doing that right? Yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. So so but so yesterday you made a post. Um, so let's talk about bye weeks a little bit. You made a post that yesterday Dalvin Cook in the, went 1-1 instead of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Right. So 
but before the NFL schedule was released, Christian McCaffrey had gone number one in every draft except one in the football guys. Suddenly the schedule comes out. They see that he has, he's got the same bye week as last year, week 13, which in the football guys tournament is the first week of the league playoffs. So if you draft Christian McCaffrey, you're not going to have him. You could get bounced in the first week of the league playoffs. Now, ultimately, people are... Which is, is the more important week because yes. if you get bounced in that week, you don't make any money. If you yes. get bounced in the second week, you still get $500. Right. So it, it wasn't really... It wasn't a shock to me that somebody passed on him as the number one pick and took Dalvin instead. So McCaffrey felt the two. Now, if, if, you've been, if you've been looking at the football guys' draft boards, the other interesting thing I noticed was the guys who drafted McCaffrey first, they very often would draft McCaffrey and then hit wide receivers and then like fall back to a running back like in the sixth, seventh round because they felt like they had such an advantage with McCaffrey that they could now defer running back. But now you're screwed if you do that. Because you got you got no running back if if you try to pull off that that maneuver when it comes to the playoffs. So you need to now sort of mix in some running backs. I think um, closer to the first round after you draft McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I, and I I think that a little bit of this is overthinking it uh, because really, if you're in this tournament to win your league. And get that money. I think you're missing the point. I think that's the, that's nice to have, not need to have. Um, you know, if you're first or second after 11 weeks, you're in the big dance, right? Right. What happens in week 13 and 14 is the difference between, you know, 1500, 500, or zero. Uh, but if you know, the, if your goal is to, you know, if you're in football, guys, you're trying to win the big prize because if you're playing it to win your league, you might as well be in a classic league, right? The competition isn't as good. The, um, and, and, and the, and the, and the rake is much less, you know, the football guys is, is a tournament that's heavily, heavily, heavily weighted towards finishing in the top five or six overall. Um, right to be able to have, you know, you have to finish in the top 100 to, to be profitable. Um, if you do a, a 50 of those things, you, you're going to need a couple teams in the in the top 100 to, to, to really make money. Uh, wouldn't you agree? I mean, if, if, you're, if you truly only care about the big score, yeah. But to, to give up the $1,500 that you get for winning your league prize, that, that, that's not chump change. I mean... No, especially, especially but, but if you're my, doing seventy. But my leagues. point is, if you're doing fifteen or twenty football guys, right? You know, and you would like last year. I won. You know, if I had played in regular leagues, I would have been profitable. You know, I won. You know, more than one twelfth of my leagues, but I didn't make money because I didn't have a tournament team that went in the top hundred. Um, that was more my point. Yeah, so I mean, it, it depends what what you're looking for, but uh, personally, I, I'm not going to concede um, my my playoff. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not either. But you also have to get there. <laughs> you know yeah, you what have, I mean? You have to if you win your if you win the regular season, 
you're you're in the big dance. But I, I I was listening to somebody today, and they said, well, maybe what you should do is, if you get McCaffrey, just totally concede, just totally concede the playoffs essentially, and load up on guys with week thirteen and week fourteen buys, and um, you know, just build make make your team that much stronger to to assure that you win the regular season. So I mean, I don't know. That, was, that's galaxy braining a little bit. Yeah, that was because a bit much. these guys aren't going to drop enough. You know, like McCaffrey dropped from one one to one two, right? Like if you're building your team around that theory, I don't think you're getting enough value to pay that theory off. You know, it'd be one thing if if a guy was dropping. You know, let's say. Let's go to uh, DJ Moore. Who is, you know, yeah, so he's, he's in that. All right, DJ Moore's 47th. He hasn't dropped at all so far, uh, although it's very, very soon after. But, like, wh- how far would DJ Moore have to drop for you to feel that you got enough value where you're at, where you're actually trying to? It's See, I, I get not. I get using the bye weeks at the end as a tiebreaker, right? Like if you like DJ Moore and you like Julio Jones around the same and their ADPs around the same and you're on the clock and you're only doing three or four football guys, I can see taking Julio over DJ Moore because of the week 13 bye. If you're, you know, but I, I – I'm not going to take Deontay Johnson over DJ Moore. I'm not going to take, you know, Cooper Cup over DJ Moore, you know, and drop 12 picks of value just to avoid that. You know what I mean? Like DJ Moore might, if we come back in a couple weeks, these guys who have 13 might drop a little bit, but I don't think they're going to drop enough to make it worth your while to actually galaxy brain using that as a strategy. Yeah, it, it probably not. But a, a lot of another thing which drives what player are picking in these ranges, these these seventh, eighth rounds, um, or third round is where you're at. But it, it's it's how your team is evolving across the you know along in the draft. Um, so I might pick D, uh, DJ Moore based upon you know did I grab somebody on Carolina? Am I am I you know? Whereas Pittsburgh, you know Pittsburgh, or like for instance Kyle Pitts, that this is like he's a, a he's a it's a hot button. So I've been predominantly anti Kyle Pitts. I've drafted him twice so far. One time I drafted him when he went fell to six oh eight, and then in another draft I drafted I did draft him in the fourth round, but that was because I had acquired Calvin Ridley in the previous round. So then I was trying to get a stack there. So. You know, there, there's just so many variables that, that come into your decision-making when selecting a player. Um, One so. other thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's a great tiebreaker, right? You know, if you're sitting there again, what's another good uh, – if you, if you like Hopkins and A.J. Brown about the same and you're going to decide between those two guys and A.J. Brown has a week 13 bye and you want to say, well – I, I now want, you know, I like A.J. Brown more than DeAndre Hopkins, but n- now that I'm looking and they're right there next to each other, you know, I could see taking Hopkins over Brown as a tiebreaker, but I'm certainly not going to take 
you know, DJ Metcalf over AJ Brown because AJ Brown has a week 13 bye. That that's right. kind of my viewpoint on it. Um the other thing I was bouncing back and forth here on Darren is you know, quarterbacks have been going way earlier this year in best ball than in the than in the past. And you see 28, 36, 44, 48, and 51. You go over to the FBGs and it's 32, 42, 51, 55, and 60. So pretty much the quarterbacks are going about eight to nine picks later in football, guys, than they are in best ball. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, they're they're definitely the the value is depressed in football guys, and and people almost don't even care about them. Like I've seen many drafts, people wait for the fifteenth, sixteenth round to grab their quarterback. It's all about loading up on, you know, getting the dart throws, getting a a, a quarterback. Likely is not going to be a league winner for you, um, unless you get him really late, like Josh Allen was last year. But people are loading up on the lottery picks, and with with. You only need in best ball. You need to have at least two, optimally three quarterbacks. So there's there's more demand for them. But I agree. Football guys, that, that, I think that's the right answer. I I think that's the right answer. Yeah, you only need. I I I personally don't feel compelled to come out of a football guy's draft with more than one quarterback, especially now when you've got that waiver run at the beginning of the season, and you can uh, uh, agree it's, totally. It's, it's it's like hoard hoard lottery tickets. And then, you know, let it let it evolve over the uh, the summer, and then you got two waiver runs before. Well, and you look starts. at one of the more popular guys, I uh, you know that I've seen so far. You know, Trey Lance at one eighty five. Best ball. One twenty eight. All right. Right. So, best ball, you know, but the difference is that Trey Lance is most likely not going to start the season. So, if you're drafting Trey Lance at 185 in a 20-round draft, you're basically saying, you know, I wasn't going to say this right. What I'm trying to say is very likely if Jimmy Garoppolo starts the first three weeks, Trey Lance is going to be cut. From and, if yeah. you're tra- and so if you're drafting him as your second quarterback, hoping to catch lightning in the bottle out of the gate, there's a very good chance that he is going to be on the waiver wire and, and you wasted that pick. Right. Yeah, so some guy like that, it's probably like if, if I have seen some drafts where like they went Trey Lance, Justin Fields, um, you know. I actually don't have... hate that because, you know, Fields has a much better chance of start. Oh, who was it? Oh, I think Billy did that. Billy Musio. No, was it was good. Guilds. It was Guilds who did it. Well, usually but Guilds the rest was drafted of, but, the rest of his, but the rest of his team was really good. Yeah. So, but these guys have a strategy, and they they just don't value the quarterback position in some cases, which I don't have a problem with. Now, if you think back to last year, what happened? These guys they 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 loaded up on lottery picks. They didn't care about quarterback. And then what happened? The first two waiver runs, the smart high volume players, and you know who I'm talking about. I don't want to call them out by name, 
they went out and they bid heavy on James Robinson across the board. So even if they whiffed in all these drafts, they basically got a league winner in that first waiver run because they were very, they've been through this so many times. They know how this whole, how this game works. Yep. And that was something I didn't do last year. I wanted to keep my money because of COVID figuring that, you know, whoever had money late might be in a better position and it didn't work out that way. And you live and you learn. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, Darren, is you are the, the guy who puts together the pros versus the Joes. Why don't you tell me about where you're at in that process and what we can expect from uh, 2021 pros versus Joes? All right. So for people who don't know, pros versus Joes is was probably the first industry league. This predates even Scott Fishbowl, um, where we combine the high stakes players of the FFPC against uh, the industry experts. And we, we evenly match them up six pros, six Joes in each league. We have seven leagues and they're, they're even, they even draft next to each other. So we stagger. So number one would be a pro number two would be a Joe just to kind of up the ante with, with the, the, uh, the antagonism there, but they're best ball leagues and we'll have seven of those leagues. Um, just the, you know, the, the biggest names in the industry competing against the FFPC Joes. Um, now, to be a Joe, it's selection by lottery. Um, you have to have signed up for an FFPC main event uh, team prior to the early bird um, special ending, which is May 31st. And then all those guys who sign up there, they'll pick names. I don't pick the Joes. People say, hey, how come I didn't get in it? I have nothing to do with picking the Joes. I pick the industry guys. Um, but then I assemble the leagues, and then we have – over the course of two weeks, we'll have uh, three drafts per week where they it's in the best ball slim format. Now, the cool thing is if you win this league, you get a, a free entry into a, a 2022 FFPC main event. So that's like a $2,000 prize. It doesn't cost when, you nothing to get. When, when I first started podcasting and trying to be somebody in this industry, you know, the pros versus Joes was a, like a career goal for me. And I managed to get in a couple of years ago, and you've been gracious enough to keep inviting me back. Um, and my my worst team every year seems to be my pros versus Joe's team. <laughs> I have had, like, like I joked on Twitter, I mean, literally every year. I mean, the one year I drafted David Johnson 1-1 over Christian McCaffrey, I mean, I deserve to lose. But, you know, even that year I had probably four to five injuries. Um, I would say at least three of my top ten picks has gotten hurt every year in the first three weeks. So um, if you see me drafting a team in pros versus Joes, stop drafting those players. <laughs> you get, you're a little superstitious on that. But we're drafting in, in, in July, even before training camps open. So it's kind of it's, it's luck of the draw in many cases. And to be honest, personally, I don't judge anybody, high stake players or industry guys, based upon their success in this competition, because you're you're going with a high risk strategy probably and trying to assemble a team which, you know, wins the overall. It's, Hence, it's, David Johnson won one. Right. <laughs> so you're first or you're last, and that's the theme for this year. It's uh you know the Ricky Bobby Talladega, Talladega Knights. Um, if you're not first, you're last. So just 
give it your best shot and uh you know i'm gonna do the george costanza this year which is basically take every instinct i have and do the opposite um that's how i plan to draft uh my pros versus joe's team um darren uh at fantasy mojo always love having you on I'm really glad that we were able to go through your website and give people kind of a look behind the curtain. You can go to fantasymojo.com and for $24.95 for the full season, uh, you get a whole year, uh, best ball season long. If you're going to play on the FFPC, it's kind of the Bible. Every single one of the really important players on the FFPC uh, manage Darren's site. And if you use the code Todd from PA, you get absolutely nothing. But for $24.95, <laughs> it's still worth it. Darren, any last words? And again, as always, thank you for coming on the pod. Yeah, it was good talking to you, Todd. And, and like, I really don't solicit people to subscribe because I think it's it's almost like a uh, it's, it's an insider's thing for if you play FFPC. Um, I, but, I've never really seen you promote it heavily, no. but it's just my nature as a longtime salesman, and I like you a lot, and I think you deserve, um, you know, you deserve to have this episode where people get to really see behind the curtain of everything you do there. All right. I appreciate that, Todd. Yep. No worries. All right. That's Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. I'm Todd from PA. I'm going to be taking next week off. Um, we have the third Hardway draft. Uh, looks like it's going to be June 18th. I just have to finalize it over with our folks at the FFPC. Um, all your favorites will be back. Nelson Souza, Dave Hubbard, uh, Hilo, Noah Rudell, Fantasy Mojo, Dan Williamson, Scoundrel, Austin Martin. Just a, a really tough field. And uh, we'll have probably five or six of the guys on the pod again this year. Um, and this year we get to see how ugly we all are uh, while we're drafting. So maybe we won't have five or six uh, this year. But, uh, Darren, thank you very much. And that'll do it. We'll see you guys soon. All right. See you, Todd.